2: And we are underway. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays here on the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here as always with Raheem Palmer to get you ready for some week 16 Christmas holiday football action. We got Saturday games, we got Sunday games, we had Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday games this week. We got football almost every day of the week right now with all this crazy COVID rescheduling and protocols. Raheem, I feel like every minute we check our phone and get some new notification. What in the world are we doing with the slate right now? It's really tough. You kind of got to wait to the last minute
1: or sometimes you got to jump ahead of things and try to get the best of it and hope that you have COVID variants. But it's a tough slate. We're going to try to break this thing down before you get you some winners right before Christmas, go into the new year. And, you know, gloss
2: it up a little bit. That's right. Uh, before I forget, you are now able, if you're a Spotify user, even if you're not, if you've got Spotify, we are now able to rate and give reviews on Spotify. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify, both places, five stars. Give us those stars. Don't forget to download the app. Odds today are from BetMGM, as always, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So... Let's get down to business and take a look at our week 16 games. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. So let's get down. Let's get down. To business. Now, we're going to do things a little differently today. We're going to skip the look ahead. This is not the time we we'll be picking. We don't even know what's happening an hour from now or for the game Saturday and Sunday. We are not going to be putting bets in for next weekend on the look ahead. It's just, it's too volatile right now. So we agreed. No look ahead. We're going to skip our usual best bets. We're going to go for just the four games that we felt best about. Big games on the schedule and games that we think we have a pretty good to read on. And really, those are our best bets right now. So we're just going to jump in. And first game this week on Christmas, a little Christmas football Saturday evening, the Indianapolis Colts at Arizona Cardinals. Now, this line is Cardinals minus one. Uh, a week ago on this podcast, on the look at Hyde Colts plus four. So we've dropped this line almost a whole field goal. Why do you think, Raheem, that the line has moved so much already? I think one of the things that you see is that the public is
1: all over the Colts. They've been red hot. And obviously, we saw this line drop from Cardinals minus two and a half to where it sits now at Cardinals minus one. There were there was some pickums in the market. Personally, from a numbers perspective, I'm not buying it. But of course, when you look at some of the matchups, and the big one is the Cardinals' run defense. They're just 23rd in rushing success rate, allowing 41% of opposing rushes to grade out successful. And that's not good against Jonathan Taylor. So I think that's that's one of the reasons why you probably saw this line go down a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Carson Wentz. The Cardinals are actually dead last in explosive run play rate. So 16% of their rushes, go for 20 yards of war so the Colts may be able to run the ball here but we'll, we'll see what's your thoughts on this game
2: yeah it's gonna be interesting that the Colts defense has really shifted a lot early in the season the Colts were this dominant run defense but the numbers have kind of flipped over the last six weeks or so Colts run defense has struggled now but the Cardinals don't really run the ball like you said so that's this play, place where you can kind of gash the, the Colts a little bit but the Cardinals are looking to pass. Colts have ranked number two in EPA per play defensively against the pass over the last six weeks. So, I, I like the Colts matchup defensively here. The Cardinals offense is starting to look and feel a little bit gimmicky to me. It always has been under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and all the little weapons that they've got, but especially with No. Downer Hopkins out, it's just there. There still is too much of. Hey, Kyler, go make a play. Hey, Kyler, go run around and and do a thing. And the Colts are just a a very fundamental stay home, do things the right way sort of defense that I think holds up relatively well against that. So uh, let me ask you this. So the Cardinals are coming off two losses in a row. So the Colts are red hot. The Cardinals have lost twice. They lost twice in the week, lost to the Rams Monday night. They lost to the Lions. We talked about those games when they happened, but now that a little time has passed, how much do you make of those losses for the Cardinals? Like how, how much lower are you feeling about Arizona or do you feel like it's not that big of a deal to you?
1: Matt Mitchell will tell you that Cliff Kingsbury, his offices tend to struggle towards the end of the year. And now we're going into this matchup and James Connor and Rondell Moore are both going to be game time decisions for this matchup. So you kind of have to be a little bit concerned for the Cardinals. Sometimes you have these teams which run hot at the start of the year. And obviously they've had some injuries. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray missed a couple games, and they were able to float through those games. And now this team is kind of coming down to earth. You also have Rodney Hudson, who missed the Lions game on the COVID reserve list. We don't know if he's playing this weekend as well. So I'm, I'm really concerned about this team. From a numbers perspective, looking towards the Cardinals. But if I'm
2: handicapping this matchup, I'm leaning towards the Colts. Yeah, I'm leaning Colts as well. I think that the line movement has robbed a lot of the value here. I loved Colts at plus four. We could go on the look ahead. I would put this about at the line where it's at. I think Cardinals minus one pick them. That feels about right with what we've seen on the season. But then you look at where the rankings are going. And it, so there's a little bit two ships passing in the night here. The, the Colts are headed in the right direction. You mentioned the run game. Obviously, that's the big thing. Christmas night, this is, the, this is the chance. This is Jonathan Taylor's chance. If you want to be a non-quarterback MVP candidate, this is the spot against the Cardinals. The Colts basically have to win out to have a chance at the division still, which they might because the Titans, they're, they're faltering. Colts have been... Last six weeks, they're the number one run offense, which it's not surprising. What is surprising is typically even the best rushing offense is still only as good as maybe like an average passing attack. But the Colts on EPA per play, uh, how many expected points they're adding, have been better running the ball than all but five teams are passing over the last six weeks. That's how good they are rushing. So, and the Cardinals run defense during that span, especially... I think to me, we're focusing a lot on the Cardinals offense. The Cardinals defense is where I'm really concerned. They're not getting off the, I mean, you can't give up 30 points. to The Lions, the Lions, that's not good. Give up points to Matt Stafford. Okay, sure. We forgive you. It's Sean McVay. You can't give up 30 to the Lions. Since J.J. Watt went out, which I think was week seven. Since then, EPA defensively, the Cardinals are 25th in the NFL. That's the bottom quarter of the league, 29th against the run. So, I just I worry about the Cardinals defense here. I like the Colts. The one thing giving me a little pause is the Colts offensive line. You mentioned just before we came on, Colts right guard is potentially out. Ryan Kelly, the center, didn't play last week. Personal reasons, we're not positive with him yet. Quentin Nelson, the stud left guard, the real MVP of the Colts team. He's illness. He's got a question, Mark. So I I gotta wait till closer to the kick just to make sure. I got to make sure my MVP is playing and the MVP of this team is not Carson Wentz, but it's not Jonathan Taylor either. It's the O-line. I got to make sure my big boys up front are going, but I like the Colts here. I can't argue with that.
1: To me, this lends itself towards Arizona or a pass, but Carson Wentz just has to not lose this game. For me. That's what it feels like.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Point out the stats here, too. We've talked about short road dogs all season. Three of the four games we're doing involve a short road dog. So here's the numbers where that stands. Short road dog. So road underdog under a touchdown, six and a half or less for the season, 54 and 26 against the spread. That's more than two out of three. That's 68% cover rate. That is a massive edge. Straight up, road underdogs this season are 45, 34, and one. Straight up. They've got a winning record, 48% ROI on that. So If you're $100 better for our bet labs, if you just blindly bet every road underdog this season on the money line, $100 better would be up $3,857 for the season. So that's another reason to look for the Colts here. Uh, We've talked about the the declining home field advantage. I like the Colts. It's going to be close. It's a good one. I'm excited to watch this one on Christmas evening. So I'm looking forward to that. Sunday at noon Central, 1 Eastern our other three games. So we've got really good slay. You want to make sure you settle in for some good football. So we're going to go next to the AFC East, New England hosting the Buffalo Bills. This was the big one. We got all excited about a few weeks ago on Monday night, and then they played in a tornado and we had no idea what was happening and what to take away from it. And the Patriots got the win yet again, the division's up for grabs here. Really Buffalo can take the division lead. If they get the win here, Patriots are favored by two. So I want to start at that that weird tornado-y Monday night game. Again, we talked about it before. What, if anything, can we take away from that game that matters for Sunday? The biggest thing
1: we can take away is that the Buffalo Bills cannot stop the run at all. And you had 25, 30-mile-per-hour wins in that matchup, and the Patriots were able to just run the ball 46 times compared to just three passes. But if the Bills can't stop the run, when they know what's coming, how do you stop the run when Matt Jones is obviously going to throw the ball more than three times? Like, that's my biggest takeaway. That advantage is still there, but now you also have to worry about the pass as well.
2: So I, I, I want to push back on that though, because I don't think it's fair to say that the bills couldn't stop the run. So Damien Harris had the one long touchdown, 70, 75 yards, somewhere in there. But I believe that the Patriots rushed like the, all their other rushes averaged like three and a half yards a pop. You're stopping the run pretty well if you're only allowing three and a half yards of pop. That's, that's a successful defensive play. So I don't know that it's fair to necessarily say that they couldn't stop that. I thought the Bills' defense, outside of one long touchdown, Bills' defense did what they should that game. The offense, it's not really fair to say let them down, but the offense is who could have won the game. There were a couple of drop passes. Dawson Knox dropped a couple of key third downs. Josh Allen had a couple of plays late where he just missed a pass. And, you know, credit to the Bills, letting him throw. He's got the arm strength for Mac Jones. They were just like, just, just hand the ball off, buddy. But look, the Patriots I, I, had 222
1: rushing yards on 4.8 yards per carry. A lot of that was that, that large run. But the fact that they were able to just chew up clock in the manner that they did. And yeah. I think a lot of that is big. Now you got to deal with the threat of the pass at this point. No yeah. Tredavious White. you got to be concerned for the Bills in this matchup, in my opinion.
2: So one thing that I'm looking for, and I don't do a lot of NFL props. I'm the NBA prop guy, but I'm looking for Josh Allen rushing props in this game. To me, last game, that was a big strategic miss by Buffalo to not run with Josh Allen more. And I know Allen was in the walking boot. He supposedly is healthy and fine now, and you got to protect your franchise quarterback. You don't want him logging those big carries. He's he's not Lamar Jackson. He's a big physical runner going to plow you over. This is it. This is the game. This is the season right here. This is what you save your Josh Allen carries for. So I like Josh Allen to get eight to 10 carries designed runs. I like him to get maybe 50 yards. His over-under is at 35 and a half right now. To me, that was the big miss, especially in that wind game to not run with Allen more. But even here, I think that they're going to course correct a little bit and run with Allen I thought looking back on that first game, the Bills were the better team. The Patriots got a couple of big turnover moments and they got the big run. I think if you play that exact game in those conditions, 10 times, the Bills win six of them. The Patriots just won that day. And you know, it's Belichick. This is what Belichick does. Belichick just wins that day every week. But I think Buffalo showed themselves to be the better team there. And with less weather factor, I think that gap only widens. You know, that was, my initial, that was my
1: initial thought when I watched that game. But when you dig into the Bills' season, they really struggle against solid competition. Yeah. Obviously, you have two wins over Miami. You have a win over Washington football team. You have a win over the Texans. But outside of the Chiefs, they don't
2: have a real quality win the entire season. Like, who has this team beat? Yeah, they haven't. But, but here's what I'm looking at, though. So the Bills are 8-6. and six. All eight wins by 15 or more points. One-score games, they're 0-5. We got, like, Minnesota Vikings East going on out here. But we know, you know, one-score games are proven to be random over time. So who have they beat? Well, they haven't yet. They beat the Chiefs that game when the Chiefs weren't really a worthy team to beat. Now they are. But at the time, it wasn't that exciting. But what if that 0 and 5 evens out over time and instead it's 2 and 3 or 3 and 2? Now the Bills are 10 and 4. Now they're 11 and 3. Now they're at the top of the AFC. And wouldn't we think about this team a lot differently if they had just caught a couple, you know, like just a couple bounces or a, a pass off of the fingertips? And that's Buffalo. They're, they're, they're right there. And I think that they, the numbers show them to still be right there at the top of the AFC even though they haven't closed out that win yet. But I think this is a spot where they can. It, I will say, though, argument against that, Bill Belichick in toss-up games, when the spread is three or less, 26-12-1 and against the spread, 68%. So I love Belichick in that spot usually, but Josh Allen as an underdog, 15-7-2 and against the spread, also 68%. So I just, this to me is the Bills are the better team the Patriots have had their run. The Patriots really haven't had a lot of those big marquee wins still either. Both of these teams have been a bit unproven. I like Buffalo better here, and I, I like them. Again, it's another one of those road dogs. In addition, we said road dogs, 68% cover. Division road dogs, even better. In the division, road underdogs this season, 20 and seven against the spread, covering by almost a touchdown. Road underdogs of under a touchdown, 18 and nine straight up with a 77% ROI. So, we got another one of those coming up, but I, I like that trend a lot for Buffalo. I got to take the two and a half here if you can get it, the two if, if you can't.
1: Personally, I'm leaning towards the Patriots in this matchup. Obviously, Buffalo has some issues on the offensive line. John Feliciano, Deion Dawkins placed on COVID last week. We don't know if they're going to be playing this week. Buffalo could be missing Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. So, we're going to be relying on Josh Allen and a team that really doesn't have that much of a run game, but like those are, that, that's huge. Josh Allen hasn't been the Josh Allen that we saw last season. You're telling Josh Allen to go into Foxborough to beat Belichick without two of his top three receivers.
2: Yeah, it's true. But you know, the Patriots, not only the Patriots weapons are overwhelming either. The, a lot of injuries, the question marks for Damien Harris, for Andre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, like the entire running back staff. Nikhil Harry and Nelson Aguilar, like, that's the receivers. There's not much weapons here. Basically, you know, it it feels like an under. The defenses we know are going to be good, and the weapons on both sides are injured. It's going to be a a low-scoring, close game. But see, that's that's my thing. If you're telling me this is going to be a low-scoring, close game, I want Belichick. Yeah.
1: Because that's the exact same game that we saw before. You're telling me
2: it's going to be a low-scoring
1: game. There's not a lot of weapons.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I agree. It is the game we saw before. Just for me, I think the Bills should have won the game we saw before. So I've got to stick with that read here. Let me ask this, though, before we move on. So the Bills, I'm seeing around plus 115 on the money line. If you like the Bills, if you like them to win, I think the better angle is you can play them to win the division plus 145 at Bet MGM. If Buffalo wins this, they control their destiny. They play the Falcons and the Jets. Come on. The Bills aren't losing those games after this one. That's the division lead. Even better, if you want, you can play at some books, which teams to make the wild card. Patriots plus 175 to make the wild card. So that's the scenario where Buffalo gets this one, wins the division. Patriots still get into the playoffs. Uh, so I, I like that. That's kind of a nice angle. You know, at plus 115, we're basically getting close to a coin flip. And I think we're agreeing this game should be close, but plus 175. If you're treating that as a money line, sort of, now you're suddenly getting the Bills only as like a 40% to have to win. And I think that you get a really nice angle in your favor there. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. I I definitely like that.
2: All right. Well, we are head to head so far in these two games. Before I get to our other two games, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor and make a couple more picks.
0: The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner and they've got all the best features for NFL betting like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology so when you place a wager at BetMGM that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1 800 9 With It in Indiana, 1 800 270 7117 in Michigan, 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee, 1 800 bets Off in Iowa, or 1 888 532 3500 in Virginia. Betsync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show.
2: Sunday at uh, noon also, Sunday at noon central, that's how I think of time. Minnesota Vikings, my Minnesota Vikings, home underdogs, three points to the Los Angeles Rams. So let's start with the injury and COVID news, because there is a lot. Just before recording, maybe an hour or two ago, we found out that Dalvin Cook has gone in the COVID protocols. He is out on Sunday. Obviously, that is a big loss. The Rams still have COVID issues. They're sorting through. They're on a short week. They just played Tuesday. So what to you are the injury or COVID protocol names you're keeping a close eye on here? And how much do you think that that short week matters for the Rams here? This
1: is a tough matchup for me. Um, Dalvin Cook being out is huge because we all know the Vikings are going to run the ball as much as possible. Adam Thielen has been practicing. That's something in which could really drastically impact this Vikings offense. I just struggle with the conservatism of Mike Zimmer. This Vikings offense is just so frustrating (laughs) to me because it's like they should be passing the ball more. You got these dynamic weapons, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and they still play football out of the
2: 1950s. Yeah, I mean, you're preaching to the choir in this one as our resident Vikings fan here. I do wonder, though, could Dalvin Cook being out actually accidentally help the vikings by forcing their hand to force them to pass a little more we know the numbers all tell us that the vikings are better passing they're they're better funneling toward justin jefferson so maybe you take that crutch away and now they have to pass a little bit that makes me feel a little better but then i look at the rams and their defense and jalen ramsey has not been doing a lot of shadow covering but if I were playing defense against the Vikings, especially if Adam Thielen's out, if Thielen is back, this changes. But until I see him, I don't expect him back. Why wouldn't you shadow Ramsey on a Justin Jefferson? And now what's left? Dalvin Cook is out. Thielen's out. We had a bunch of other guys. And now it's just on Kirk Cousins to make some plays. And last week against the Bears, Akeem Hicks up the middle all night long, just dominated that matchup. Interior of the Vikings line couldn't handle it. Oh boy, do the Rams have a defensive tackle and come up the middle? Oh, right. Aaron Donald, maybe the best one of all time. So the matchups really worry me here for the Vikings, just because those two mega stars on defense are at exact sort of weak spots that you'd want to try to match up with. And if you do that, now you flip the other side, Minnesota's defense, not very good this year. Rams offense has been up and down, but we're back to up lately and Stafford's passing well. I think Cooper Cup can, like, pick a line in this game. Like, pick pick a number of catches and yards, just decide it before the game, and just go get it. Like, he might break the receiving record for the season today or this game already because the Vikings are not going to have an answer there. So if the Rams' defense can slow the offense a little bit with Ramsey, with Aaron Donald, the other side of the matchup, I think, skews pretty heavily in their favor. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So... The, the the trends here would tell you to bet on Minnesota. Mike Zimmer at home, 61% cover rate against the spread. Mike Zimmer is a home dog, 10 and five against the spread. And as a home dog, more than a field goal, which it looks like this line is trending that way. It's already at three and a half in some books. More than a field goal, is six and a one against the spread. Two wins outright, four losses by a field goal. So to me, the play that I like best here is a Vikings teaser because we're at three, three and a half. We tease that up to nine, nine and a half. We know the numbers the Vikings have played in 14 games. 13 have been by one score. And the one that wasn't was a win. So they've obviously have covered a nine point spread every single game this season. I know you like your teasers. This isn't quite that plus two spot you like to look at. And it's a home team. But what do you think about teasing the Vikings here? The Vikings haven't lost by more, more
1: than eight points the entire season, so this gets us to that that range to where they could keep this game close. And I really haven't been that impressed with the Rams. They they definitely shouldn't have covered against the Seahawks. Probably almost lost that game. Obviously, there's some controversial calls which helped them get their touchdown and then pretty much put them in covering range, but then putting them into to field goal range against the Seahawks. And they're in a short week, and I think that's going to have some impact. Obviously, we don't know the COVID stuff, but I do think this is a close game either way, especially with the Vikings. They've just been playing close games the entire year, so I do like that teaser. I don't really have much from a side perspective or a total perspective on this game, so that's probably the way I would go is, if I found yeah. home with this I,
2: game. I like the teaser angle best. I think that that's our best play here. I would lean toward taking the Vikings on a side here. It's not a strong player. But I think actually that the Dalvin Cook injury is what leans me toward Minnesota. At minus three, I think this line is about right on. But with Cook out, I think the line's gonna start to creep toward the Rams. And if it gets past the key number to three and a half, it already is at some books. That 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 extra half point, get get below the three to two, two and a half. And I might feel pretty good about the Rams. I do like the matchup better. Get past the three, and that we've seen so many close games from Minnesota. That I think that the 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 difference of the number there, in addition to Cook actually forcing the passing, might make me lean the Vikings here. But it's it's close. And I will be watching that one with my family over the holidays here. Let's do one more division game here, wrapping up, heading out to the AFC North, where we've just had battles all season long. We got a lot of them left to come. Baltimore heads to Cincinnati. The Bengals are three-point home favorites. Baltimore has lost their last three games by one, two, and a one point. I looked it up and in our system, which tracks back to 2003, that four points over a three game losing streak is the lowest margin of victory in our database. There isn't anything lower. I obviously the only lower would be a lose three straight one point games. The Ravens are losing heartbreakers. They're outmanned. They're shorthanded, but they're hanging in there. So I guess where we have to start with this one is Lamar Jackson still not practicing. And this is crazy. Sounded crazy a month ago, but my question is two parts. Number one, do we think will Lamar Jackson will play? And number two, does it really matter that much because Tyler Huntley is playing pretty good ball right now? I do think it matters. And I actually wish like as
1: somebody who likes the Bengals in this matchup, I actually would love to see Lamar Jackson in this matchup. He's thrown 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions in 2021. He hasn't really been that effective as a runner. And for whatever reason, Tyler Huntley, he's just making all of the right reads. He's getting the ball out quickly. He's doing what has to be done. Now that said, when I look at this Ravens team, they're completely overmatched. And a lot of that has to do with the issues on the defensive side of the ball. They basically have replacement-level guys in the secondary, and you have to deal with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Joseph Burrow is going to be able to get the ball out and do whatever he wants. In the first game, he had over 400 yards, okay. and Cincinnati rode to a 41-17 victory. We look at this Ravens defense. They're 26 in drop-back EPA per play, 31st in explosive pass play defense. They're allowing 12% of passes to go for 20 yards or more I don't know if Tyler Huntley can keep up with that. They were able to stay in that game against the Packers, and a lot of it had to do with the Packers kind of shutting things down towards the end, playing really, really soft coverage, which was, like, really disappointing because I was on the Packers. But this Ravens team, the reason why they're in the position they are in now being a playoff contender is because they won a lot of close games. And now you're finally starting to see that regress into me. I like the Bengals in this matchup. But I think this is a high scoring game. I like the over 44 and a half. My model makes this game closer to 47. So I'm going over
2: here. That's probably one of my favorite plays of the week. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that this game echoes a lot of what we said about the Rams Vikings game. So first thing, the Ravens, since they lost to that Bengals, that blowout loss, then they went into the bye week coming out of the bye seven straight one score games for the Ravens. So every game since then, 11 out of 14 on the season, one score games. So we know that the Ravens find a way to keep things close and give them a shot. They didn't in the last matchup against Cincinnati, but they they typically find a way to to hang around. And if they find a way to hang around, we said this about the, the Patriots game. If it's close, don't you have to like Bill Belichick? And that's where I'm like, okay, well, if it's close, John Harbaugh or Zach Taylor, boy, I guess I know which one I want in that matchup. So if I can get a close game and then I've got the Ravens sort of playing for their season a little bit or they got to get a win. They can't have a fourth straight heartbreaker loss. And I got John Harbaugh. I know he's going to be aggressive appropriately, all the analytics conversation, but Harbaugh is the guy that that's responsible for a lot of that. So I like that. But the, the matchup, the other thing that echoes to me, the Vikings thing is that I don't want the Bengals running the ball that much here. I'm worried that they're going to overcommit to the run. The Ravens run defense is good. And the Bengals have not been super effective running the ball. They're not super efficient that way, but they just love to just hand it off to Joe Mixon on first down over and over and over again. Chase Young had two or sorry, Jamar chase had eight catches, 201 yards last game. And that was basically being shadowed by Marlon Humphrey. Who's out now. So The cornerbacks, we got Jimmy Smith in COVID protocol for the Ravens, Chris Westry in protocol, Kevon Young is questionable with concussion issues. Those are the three good cornerbacks. Like nobody can cover these guys. T. Higgins will be open, Tyler Boyd will be open. So it's the same thing. It's like, well, I like the matchup here if the Bengals will pass, but I don't know if I trust them to pass enough. And for me, the line change here is key because at two and a half, I was leaning Bengals and I like the matchup better, even though I first see the line and I think, oh man, Ravens, underdogs, division on the road. I have to take the points here, but I like the matchup for Cincy. But now that it's three, we're at the key number. We've talked about the road, the, the short road dogs thing, division, short road dogs, Baltimore, all is tough in these one score games. I don't think that I will play the money line here because we've seen the Ravens lose by one, lose by two, but I think that I have to play the trend and go with Baltimore plus three. I'm learning these this season. If I just can't make up my mind on one of these toss ups, if the line's not a toss up and it's closer to a field goal, I had to take the points because that's the way that the games wouldn't go in this season. So I think I'm on Baltimore plus three, but. It is a lean and not a strong. I'm going to be
1: honest with you. I don't even think this game is a toss-up. And then it actually just came out today that the Ravens are up to 12 players on the
2: protocol. And a lot of those guys are on the defensive side of the ball. I saw a tweet from Jeff Zreeback. Here's what he says. The Ravens currently, this is as of December 22nd. So Wednesday afternoon. So it may be updated now, but as of then, the Ravens currently have 15 defensive players on their 53 man active roster, 15. You play 11 at once and of those 15 plays Campbell sideline with a hamstring injury and Tavon young in concussion protocol. So yeah, 15 defenders is not a great look. So you're right. This definitely is a spot where I will wait till right before kickoff. I know you said that you don't particularly trust
1: Zach Taylor to throw the ball enough, but when you're down four different linebackers, Joe Mixon could have a big day too.
2: Yeah. And it's just,
1: It's just we're just looking at a team that and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that there were some sharper guys within the market taking the Ravens to miss the playoffs. And I think that's in play right now.
2: Yeah, I think it's in play. I will say this, too. It would be tempting to look at this game, decide which side you're on and then play the division odds. I'm not going to do that here. I don't think that's a smart play because these teams all play each other these last couple of weeks. I think the Browns could still be alive, even if they lose to the Packers. The Browns get to play both these teams, I believe, the final two weeks. I think the Steelers are alive, even if they lose to the Chiefs this week. Pittsburgh could still possibly get in here. These teams have tough schedules coming up. The Bengals play the Chiefs next week. The Ravens have nobody healthy. Don't get too far ahead here. Just play the game. This division is a mess. You're basically getting about even odds between the two teams on the division but I would rather just focus on the game. I don't want to put too many things into the mix here. So I I would stick to the game. I will stick to something closer to kickoff for now. Eileen Ravens plus three. You're on the Bengals here. I might be off of the Ravens by kickoff. If the injury news keeps getting uglier though. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on the Bengals in the over. I I love that over. I think 44 and a half is way too low
1: for this matchup. Obviously we're seeing some 45s in the market as well. So
2: we're headed in a direction. Do you have any concern that, that we've seen last week with all the COVID once people start missing, we saw a lot of unders. Do you have any concern that the Bengals will score their points, but that the Ravens might not keep up and then you don't hit the over?
1: I'm not really that concerned with that. Honestly, Uh, obviously we've seen the Bengals defense kind of struggle. So like outside of last week against the, the Broncos, like these Bengals games have been going over every week. So I think this is just way too low. Last time we, we did see the Bengals put up 41 points and the Ravens put yeah. up 17. And I think something like
2: that is in play as well. That, that uh, of all the games we talked about, that over is your favorite play of any bets, right? Yeah, I like the Bengals too. Those are my favorite okay. two players. I, actually, I just
1: like this game in general, to be honest. Okay.
2: All right. Well, that seemed like a good place to stop for the week. And that will wrap it up for the Action Network podcast. We hope that we get some some extra spending cash for your Christmas weekend and everyone hits the stores right after the holidays to get some returns and get some other good stuff. So hopefully you get some good angles from our podcast here. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. Remember, Apple and Spotify now. So make sure to do that in both places. Stucky and Raybon have their six-pack out. Uh, That was overnight last night. So be sure to check that out for our picks. Raheem and I are back first thing on Monday to talk about all the weekend action. And by the way, don't forget to check out the buckets podcast feed that's from the action network. Raheem will be on with Matt Moore, giving you as best as we can some Christmas goodies for NBA Christmas. It's a big holiday NBA on Christmas. So five big games, we hope, and you can get some good info there on how to bet them for Raheem Palmer. I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the action network podcast. Hey, Merry Christmas. Let's get some winners and enjoy your weekend. Blame it on Christmas.
1: Why am I out of control? Oh,
2: give me forgiveness for what's about to unfold. Yeah. Cause I just...